0: All right, Steeler fans, we are back. Part two of the Steelers preview here with Dave Vonghammer Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. His name is actually Wang Hammer. Uh, We just changed it to a German accent. That's actually your middle name. Like, I was stunned. I want to see your birth certificate. (laughs) No, that's not
1: But it was funny because we were trying. Everyone was trying to guess it. Like the entire <laughs> staff of Behind the Steel Curtain was trying to guess my middle name, and it was it was Warhammer. Is what I
0: Warhammer a lot? Who said Warhammer? I, that was Jeff, and then, and then, Jeffrey Benedict.
1: <laughs> what? Well, because I don't know. Because Brian said Wang, yeah, and then Jeffrey just... Benedict said, "Ooh, Wanghammer," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, I'll take it."
0: What's another Peter Gabriel song?
2: Wanghammer.
0: Yeah, it was. I think you're right. Which Peter Gabriel is much better solo than with, anyways. Um, okay, so let's talk about this Ike Taylor interview. Um, I, I If you haven't checked it out, go and check it out, whether it's on YouTube, search YouTube, go to YouTube.com, BTS E Steelers Radio, or obviously on our audio platforms, wherever you listen, check it out. I listened to it. I was not able. Thank you, Ike Taylor, for not allowing me to be on the show, <laughs> jerk. Anyway, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. no, he's a friend of the show. Ike had a good NFL. time. He might be in the live chat, he already
1: he already retweeted our interview.
0: Good, that's awesome. So, um, anyway, anyway, so with Ike, I listened to it, and there was a couple things that stood out. I'm going to say what I thought first because you all actually interviewed him, um, and then you all can maybe say I you were impressed with this, that, or the other, when he talked about listen to what the players say, I was, this sounds like that is spot on. That is so spot on. And when he used the Joe Hayden reference and Joe Hayden's comments recently about chase Claypool saying that boy's going to be a problem. That was like the perfect example for what he was trying to say. He said, don't listen to the coaches, listen to the players. They see these guys every day and he's right. He is absolutely right. Um, my question for you all, and I'm not doubting what he says, but don't you think some players can kind of do the coach speak thing too? I mean, I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is basically a coach when he talks to the media, and he gives the standard, uh, you know, the status quo answers. Brian, you think that all players should be trusted with what they say, or do you think that some toe the company line?
2: Some do toe the company line, but really, when you're uh, when you're looking at the the situation with a rookie coming in. Um, and Joe Hayden, the way he's treating him, you know, he's impressed. And when Joe Hayden talks, you, uh, you really appreciate that. Cause I remember when I remember two instances, one week two in 2004, when Alan Fanica was really upset that they were turning their season over to a rookie. And uh, I'm sure he would have taken that back. Later on, when he saw what happened when Ben Roethlisberger turned in, he was really upset in that interview. And I remember when um, Artie Burns came in and uh, Mr. 3rd and 5th, Antonio Brown, would not give him any credence whatsoever. Um, It was almost like he was not there to welcome another guy in. And this was a guy that uh, he was victimizing on the other side of the ball. It wasn't somebody to take his job. So Chase Claypool really impressed Joe Hayden. So that's that's a big thing. So I, I know some are going to toe the company line, but I like what Ike said about the fact that you could listen to the coaches and you can listen to all these guys because they're going to say the stuff, but the players are going to really tell the truth when it comes to something that they're really passionate about. Dave, what are your thoughts? Uh,
1: I Honestly, there is a great comment that just came up from Logan DeLorenzo that says it's when a player says something without being asked is when you really can really know something. Sometimes you'd really need to hear the question that they're asked and then hear their response. And the way they say it is to know, are they just towing the company line? I mean, it seemed like Joey Hayden was, he was offering up his genuine thoughts about, Chase Claypool in that moment. And that, that yeah. was, and I think that was also part of what Ike was, was getting at is that, you know, listen to what other players are saying about him, especially the way they said it, it was, it was really good.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing, and I'll just keep it to two. So you all have something to talk about as well is when Ike talked about Dan Rooney and Brian, you asked him, and I'm glad you asked him because everyone knows that his relationship with the chairman was very unique and it, it was heartfelt. I mean, if you haven't listened to the interview or watched it, I mean, when he talks about, when he said, now I to be honest, this is, uh, this is just me. When he said, I just called his phone the other day. I mean, my gosh. I mean, how long did Brian, how long has it been since he passed?
2: 2017.
0: Yeah. So it's only, it's been about three years and he still is just really connected to that man. He realizes how important he was to him. Um, talked about just some really good, heartfelt stuff. Uh, he was a pallbearer at his funeral, which I did not know. I knew that. Did you?
1: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna bring it up if he didn't. I was gonna say it, but uh, that was interesting how that worked out because we were running out of time. We had gone over time our, our time with him. I'm like, he could go at any moment. And I, I actually sent Brian a text during the interview. I'm like, ask the Rooney question. I was doing you know, it anyway because it was Brian. Because <laughs> Brian said, you know, when we were talking about, well, what do you want to ask? That was the one. That was one thing Brian said he specifically wanted to ask. So I'm going to let Brian talk about that.
2: You know, there was a certain, a few years ago, like, like I like he kept on calling him pop pop. And that's what I've heard that before. And I knew he knew he did that, but a few years ago, um, Dan Rooney came to Ike to ask him to not use a certain word, have the players use a certain derogatory racial word in the locker room. And he was like, pop pop, I've got it covered. And he was, I remember seeing the interviewer when he was talking about it, he said, when Dan Rooney comes to you and ask you to do that, you respect him and you go around and you make sure that it's not being said. And so that's, uh, he had a great relationship with uh, Dan Rooney. And when I heard him keep calling him pop pop, I started tearing up um, because it was so deep and so heartfelt. And I, I thought it was really special. Um, I love that interview today, guys. Not just the fact that we were on it, but just the fact that he just he knew the team, the team oh, yeah. a team he's not on, but he knew the team he was on, and this team he knows them inside and out, and everything he said it it was like being inside the locker room, and and uh, you know breaking down that wall and us getting to see everything. And he was such a cool guy. Dave made a comment to me. He's like, Man, I could have listened to him for hours, and I'm like, I'm with you. I would have. And we asked him at the end of the interview, hey, can we hang out with you at the Super Bowl? I was actually, just, really, I was just saying, hey, you're going to come on the show again before the Super Bowl. That's what I meant. And he was like, yeah, I'll hang out with you guys.
1: Like, I'm down here in Tampa. Yeah. So, um,
2: Jeff, you're not invited. No, yeah, I'll, show, I'll show me.
0: up and he won't be able to be, make it. We're going to hear about that for forever. Oh, you weren't saying that yesterday, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, yes, I was. Dave, okay. go ahead.
1: Well, um, really enjoyed that part of the interview. The whole interview, my biggest thing is I was just hoping Brian and I just, just stay out of his way. Don't do the thing where some, some people ask a question and then not really let him answer. We just let him talk. Let him talk to Steelers Nation. So we hope we did a good job of that for you guys, that we just let him go and let him share and just ask a question and really just... Have him answered. I, I like how he said, he's, when we were asked him to make comparisons of stir, of current Steeler players to maybe people he played against or something, the only thing he could think of for Chase Claypool was if LeBron James played football. <laughs>
0: yeah, I heard that.
1: Um, I thought that was interesting.
0: <laughs> well, Claypool is a physical specimen. I mean, you don't see guys that are 6'4", 230 pounds that run a four four forty very often. I mean, you could say Plaxico Burris and – but they're not built the same way. Plexico was like that long. I mean, he was a big guy, but he was just long and lean. Chase Claypool was built like a tight end, but he's just so much more athletic. But I thought the Ike Taylor interview, if you have not listened and and yes, we are cross promoting, but this is not just some shameless plug. Listen to it. It's, it's 30 minutes that are well worth your time. And you really get a glimpse into the player's perspective I loved what he said about Troy and how they came in together and they left together. And the reason why you can't compare this secondary to their secondary was because they had that secondary that was together forever. You kind of forgot, I forgot that. You know, you forget that they, that Palomalu and Taylor came in at the same time. You forget that DeShay was there forever. You forget that Tyrone Carter was there for a long time. And he brought up Ricardo Coakley. I like to forget that guy, but still he brought him up and that's fine. But um, (laughs) great interview guys. Good job. Thank you. Last
2: last thing I want to say is he kept on saying Yinzer and Pittsburgh through and through. And I believe that his last words were on the interview were Yinzer forever. I believe. (laughs) And so that's, I mean, that's something that, that he is just really proud of. Um, he's proud of being drafted and staying here his entire career. So when you talk about guys that are, I mean, I don't know if he was, you know, other teams were trying to throw money at him, but he seems like a guy that would take less to stay in Pittsburgh because of the culture and appreciated the culture. And that's one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask him about. And we did when we talked about, you know, playing in Pittsburgh and Dan Rooney. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Everything okay? you are really Brian. excited about that. Where'd you
2: <laughs> I dropped my, my uh, drink. That's okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, Dave, anything to add about the interview? Do you already move on? Hey, I'll go listen
1: to it. You know, we can yeah. sit here, you you we can sit here and talk about it a bunch. The best things for y'all to do is just go listen to it, listen to Ike Talk. There you go. All
0: right. So now is when we start the preview section of the show, and and this is something that was going on well before I came back to behind the steel curtain, and that is we are highlighting a group, and we're talking about which position or which player at that position is considered irreplaceable. And you actually asked—I Taylor this question. One of you did about the defensive line, which is where we. No, are we gonna... asked about the whole defense. Oh, and he just chose this and player he from the defense. Chose this player, line. Line. okay? Defensive line. Okay, so right off the bat, did you all were you all thinking the same player? Because he said Cam Hayward. Um, was, were you all agreeing, obviously, but did you think of anyone else for the show? Dave, we'll start with you.
1: Well, I mean, for, for the Ike interview, you're like, well, did you go, do you go with Minka Fitzpatrick? Do you go with TJ Watt? You know, but you go with he, the captain. He didn't hesitate either. No. He's in camp. No. Which is yeah. Said. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and when it comes to defensive line, I mean, the Steelers have had to go without to it for part of the season every, every year so far. Um, other than his rookie year when he wasn't even starting right off the bat. So they've kind of learned how to play without him. But I think that this whole defense suffers without Cam Hayward. I think the Steelers are going to do everything they can to keep him in Pittsburgh beyond this year. I don't know that it's going to happen before this year. I think that they might have to have a serious talk and say, we want to give you a, a longer contract, but... We don't, we don't, we have to make sure we know what the salary cap is. You know what I'm saying? It might, it might take something like that. But if not, franchise tag the man, please. He's got to, he's got to play on the, on with the Steelers past 2020. But that's one guy. Yes. And the Steelers lost him. Um, was it, did they lose him in that game to Dallas?
2: Yes. In that Dallas that game was, in 2016. Yes,
1: that, and, and, and then he, he missed the rest of that season. And, I mean, the defense still, you know, they stepped it up in his absence.
0: But still, he's hes the guy. How about you, Brian?
2: So the name of this episode, the title is, Does the Steelers' Defensive Line Live or Die with Cam Hayward? And the reason we put that title out there is because I'm wondering, without the pressure that you're getting from the defensive line and mainly Cam Hayward, If uh, things fall apart on the other end, I just think he is so critical. And I think he's so irreplaceable to this team right now. Now, he's the heart of this team. Now, the superstars of this defense are Minka, Devin Bush in waiting, and TJ Watt. But the heart is definitely Cam Hayward. Now, Dave just brought up an awesome point. They did well without him. And they went to the AFC championship game. But their defensive backs were became suspect towards the end of that season, and without Cam Hayward up there back there, I'm wondering. I mean, up front, I'm wondering if uh, if this stellar secondary that we have here suffers a little bit more if he's not in there. So I just think this is a guy that you cannot replace right now.
0: I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull Dave Schofield here, and I'm gonna answer this way.
1: Wait. Dave Wonghammer. Dave (laughs) Dave
0: Wanghammer here. Uh, I'm going to pull a Wanghammer. Um, So when you're talking about the defensive front, you can compare to past seasons, at least not the last four. I'll tell you why. If you lose Hayward in the last four years, you had a versatile player like Javon Hargrave that can come in and really fill in and you, you miss that player, but it's not a huge drop off. We'll put it that way. Stefan it, in my opinion, when he's healthy, is as equally as disruptive as Cam Hayward is. Absolutely. And so everyone says Batman and Robin. No, because everyone knows that Robin is lesser than Batman. It's like Batman and Superman, or Superman and whatever other weird comic book you guys read. So oh, I'm impressed <laughs> Jeff knows
2: those guys' names. <laughs> the Wonder Twins.
0: That's still Twin Powers activate. You know, he Without. Googled superheroes <laughs> right before this. <laughs> I have my phone right the here. I, I just. The red <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, if you lose this year, if you lose to it or Hayward to yeah. injury long term, it's a huge drop off. is great, but he's not that. He's not Hargrave. Okay. If you lose, um, you know, it, it just, they just don't have the depth that they do have there anymore. And that's a problem. Isaiah Bugs, I don't know, hasn't proven himself yet on the field, just seen a little bit. So I want to say, yeah, I can. But I also want to say, I think, too, it's just as important and just as irreplaceable. That's just it, me. Too, it's
1: going to be harder this year because the Steelers still don't know what they have with Chris Wormley. You know, that's they, they true. I always for forget him. about they him. They have we'll him. To him. He's a little bit dinged up uh, to start off with with training camp. Uh, lower body injury, I think is what they said. But, I mean, so if he steps up, then, then that's great. And you get that better rotation. But it's not as solid as it has been in years past. Like you said, Jeff, I agree with that.
0: I mean, to it, did you all, did you all listen to that podcast? I did about how he's the Superman. The defense needs. Mm-hmm. He, Brian, I, I know, did. I know Brian, Brian's not a team. Brian, Brian didn't know did. he's too busy. <laughs> I'm listening. am a podcast
2: to, producer now. I have to listen. He's to the PP. He's <laughs> <laughs> The double P.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me, like I, I talked about in 2019, you look at his stats for just six games. They were out of this world for a defensive yeah, lineman. They were. He had like three and a half sacks in six games. If he would have stayed healthy last year, he was so dominant. So dominant. So I know it because he was interviewed this week, he's really chomping at the bit to get out there and probably hit someone. I always think back to the hit he had. I don't remember the Browns quarterback that it was, but he had rushed the passer, got pushed up the arc, coiled back, and it was McCown. That's who it was when McCown was quarterback. And he hit that core. He hit the quarterback from the blind side so hard. You know what it reminded me of? When you see like the the videos of the killer whale coming out of the water and eating the seal and stuff. I get that's what it, just like engulfing it. It was one of the, I mean, to it is, I think, one of the most underrated players on the defense because he's hurt. We know his injury history, but I don't think people give to it the credit he deserves. I, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anything else about the defensive line you want to discuss?
1: Um, no, I mean we'll we'll see how it pans out. I mean that's why we want to watch Steelers football. Come on, get get here quickly.
2: And watch <laughs> out for Savon Walker. I think that guy's going to have a shot to make this team. Well,
0: let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about this mm-hmm. so we know the the locks to make the team. To it, Hayward alu Alu, and you say bugs, right? I would say bugs. I think a bugs lot. is a lot.
1: Wormley, you don't trade for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, not. so
0: Wormley mean. is five. How many are they keeping? Dave, what did we say? Six?
1: Uh, six. Yeah, you keep the colors just because of the battle. I think they do. No, you because they're going to want someone that big for goal line. The only way it's not McCullers is if Cal- Calvin Taylor, the undrafted rookie free agent out of out of Kentucky, who is 6'9", 310 pounds, unless unless he outplays Big Dan, who Big Dan did show up slimmed down a little bit, they've been saying. Um, We've been saying that for like yeah. four years. <laughs> so, But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to judge this because no. we're not going to uh, have a preseason to do it.
2: Brian? Then yeah, you got Mondu. No love for Savon. He's
1: a guy. He, here's the problem with him. He's a lot. He, he's a little small. He's kind of like a Mondu. He's a little small for defensive line, but he's not. He's not. He's too big for outside linebacker. So interesting. That's why he was a a good XFLer because he that being that next level down,
2: he could really excel there. He'll make the practice squad at least.
0: Well, but hold oh, okay. on a second, because if the Steelers don't, I've said this for a long time now, they don't need a pure nose tackle anymore. No, they don't. you know, and even when I interviewed Dale Lolly when the two months I was gone, he said they run their base defense like 25% of the time that you don't need Casey Hampton. I love Casey Hampton, but you don't need Casey Hampton anymore. Casey Hamptons mm. don't really exist, at least not for Pittsburgh. Mm. So, to me, Dan. To me, Dan McCullers is like a waste. It's a waste of a roster spot. If this Savon Walker is that is that his name? Yeah,
1: Save-On. and he was getting. He Brian. A-B-O-N. Oh, and Brian was, was getting props in the in the live chat for saying his name properly. I actually informed Brian and Michael Beck that that was the correct way to say it. Is save-on.
2: oh, Dave wants so his props. I want now. my credit.
0: So you give the props, but <laughs> so. Hoover. Wanghammer. <laughs> it definitely um,
2: been a Wanghammer
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm saying, like, when you think about that sixth spot on the defensive line, shoot, give me some versatility instead of just a guy that's just going to play 10 to 15 snaps a game. And some of them are going to be special teams on the field goal block team, you know? So we'll see. I personally, when it comes to McCullers, he's got to be all the way out
1: for him to be out in my opinion because based on that he's played for the Steelers what, 6 seasons now?
0: Too many, I know that.
1: Um that and there with there being no preseason, the Steelers would not even want to have to even want him on the practice squad because these other guys like Savon Walker, like Calvin Taylor, like Henry Mondu, like Carlos Davis who we have even talked about, Brian's son. Oh, your son. Um the, these more- are guys that you are probably easier to get to the practice squad because no one can see anything on them. And why are they going to want to sign them to their 53 when they, when they have no tape on what they can do in the NFL. So these are, you know, they, they just got to, to me, McCullers would have to be all the way out. I don't even see McCullers being one of those special guys that they signed to the practice squad since you're allowed
0: six veterans this year.
1: Um, I think he's on the, on the active or nothing.
0: Brian, I mean, what do you see your son doing? Was oh, is, is he giving you any inside information, Carlos?
2: <laughs> I, I think he's a practice squad guy. Okay. I, I mean, seventh rounder. He's raw too. Yeah, there's a lot on that. There's a, a lot of room on the practice squad. There's a lot of talent on that defensive line, and we haven't been able to say that for a while. Um, they can go a lot of places with that number six guy. I still don't think it's McCullers. Yeah. I, uh, but I, you know, I give I pay credence to what uh, Dave said about goal line situations and keeping them in there. I just don't, don't know why at this point
0: I have to, I have to share this little secret. Um, It's not a secret, but it's something that happens behind the scenes that only if you're Dave or myself as an editor for the site would see Jeffrey Benedict, who's on our Wednesday show and the Beck and black show with Michael Beck. He's really funny in his own way. And so I remember he was doing a film room breakdown of every single rookie. And so Jeffrey will sometimes at the bottom is where you can enter the tweet when the story is published. His tweet (laughs) sometimes because he has like 10 followers on Twitter. So he just writes (laughs) the craziest stuff. He wrote Carlos Davis's tape makes me want to gouge my eyes out or something to that effect. One he did a breakdown of Paxton Lynch on whether Paxton Lynch is a viable backup and he wrote Paxton Lynch is not good at football. <laughs> It's just- yeah, I remember also when
1: Jeffrey announced to us he was excited that he hit double digit Twitter followers. That's right, he finally
0: got to double digits. And some of them were Ravens fans that hate him because he wrote the article about the Steelers being able to beat the Ravens. Yeah,
1: oh my, it's,
0: it's good stuff. It's just editor humor, I guess. Okay, yeah. um, Adult? I had look good. What oh, trivia? Do we have trivia? Oh, I've got trivia. Oh gosh, can we uh. Get it done in eight minutes so We can still answer some questions? Oh, yes. we okay. should. Well, I don't know. It
1: depends on how good you guys are because you're going to have to answer eight things.
0: Holy cow.
1: Um, because it's the defensive line. Now, this is according to pro football reference because sometimes they call guys defensive linemen that aren't because I said defensive linemen, defensive tackles, defensive ends. For some reason, Anthony Chicola was on this list. I'm like, get out of here. Um, <laughs> the question was, people don't realize how well the Steelers do at drafting their own defensive linemen. And since sacks became a stat, an individual stat in 1982, the Steelers have, I think it's 55 players or in the, in the fifties on the defensive line that have registered a sack. I'm like, ah, one's no big deal. I was looking at five or more sacks as a Steeler. There are only eight players not drafted by the Steelers to get five or more sacks that were defensive linemen. Can you name them? Kimo. Kimo Von O'Hoffen. he was second. 20 and a half sacks. He was a sixth rounder from Cincinnati.
2: Ray Seals and Donald Evans.
1: Ray Seals and Donald Evans. Those are the next two, 15 and a half and 14 and a half. Seals was undrafted when then, and played for Tampa, and Evans was a second-round pick of the Rams. Very good.
2: Seals didn't even go to college.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. high school yep.
2: football in Syracuse, yeah. So, all oh,
1: right, yeah. so that's three.
2: Not drafted by two
1: of them, two of them went straight to the Steelers, but they were undrafted. In fact, the one who has the most sacks as a defensive lineman was undrafted right when sacks started to become a statistic.
2: Gerald Williams,
1: it was not Gerald Williams. Gerald Williams, he was on here somewhere, but he was, um, he was drafted. Yes, I think so because I looked at him.
2: Edmund Nelson was drafted too, I believe. Um, was not Dick Chiner? Was it
1: no <laughs> one? He was the Steeler sack leader for a long time with 59.
0: All right, I don't know. We only have five minutes left. A lot of people are asking good questions. In
2: 1982
1: night, undrafted in 1982, played from 82 to 91 for the Steelers.
2: Brian, Keith Willis. You- Keith Willis. He was nice. undrafted. Okay,
1: he was undrafted because oh, no. it was Keith
2: Gary that was drafted. Yes, nineteen eighty two, but didn't show up until eighty yep. four.
1: Until until yeah, Okay. Is that it? So that's that's four of them. How many um, are there? There there were eight. Um, you've got to oh. get the current one. Come God on, God bless America.
0: Um, the current one. Uh, Tyson Alualu. Tyson
1: Alualu has five
0: sacks. Tyson, yeah.
1: And there's another one who, who was undrafted by the Steelers but played with them first. Still in the league. Would love to get him back. But he's still wearing green, as far as I know.
2: Steve McClendon.
1: Steve McClendon had five sacks. So I'm just going to give you the other two. Yes, or, 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 or I could give you the years. 2004 to 2009 had nine sacks. Travis <laughs> Kirchke. Oh here's oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the last one why can't I read um read my, my handwriting? Okay, I can't read my handwriting. Nineteen ninety seven to nineteen ninety-nine, only only those three seasons, but had seven and a half sacks. How about Nolan Harrison?
2: Uh from the Raiders, yeah. I yes. would have never come up with Nolan.
0: Yeah. Never would have guessed that. And I'm an idiot. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm, that's crazy that all these guys
1: with all these sacks off the defensive line, they drafted them all. They're all Steeler draft. Yes. Yeah. So that's,
0: people say they draft good wide receivers.
1: They they do well when they draft defensive linemen,
0: especially early. All right. We rarely have time for questions. We have three minutes left. Here we go. Andrew Wilbur says, what is what is more likely? Canada becomes the next OC or Troy Austin becomes the next DC? What do you think, Brian? Canada. Dave? I don't
1: think either of them gets either job.
0: Ooh, I'm going to go with Canada. All right. Uh, Will James Conner, this is from John Trent. Will James Conner finish the season as the starting running back? Brian, we'll stick with the rotation.
2: Unfortunately, no.
1: Dave? I'm going to say yes, but I don't know that he will have quite as much of a workload
0: by the end of the season, that they'll be giving it more to Snell. I think he's going to stay healthy. Mark Tobin, will the Steelers split with the Ravens and sweep – it was Ravens and Browns and sweep the Bungles. How do you see the AFC North playing out, Brian?
2: I have, uh, I have them splitting with both the uh, Ravens and Browns and uh, beating the Bengals twice.
0: So, yeah, which is exactly.
1: So yes, <laughs> um, I, I think I haven't beat the Browns twice just because I hate them.
0: Yeah, I agree with Dave. I think they beat the Browns twice, beat the Bengals twice, split with the Ravens. Just me says, who do you think will, which rookie do you think will start? It's a tough one. Go ahead, Brian. None. Dave? Um, none for at least the first eight games. Yeah, I mean, well, you then then you're going with. Let's say let's say Bud gets
1: dinged up and highsmith gets a start.
0: You think highsmith would get a start over Ola or Tuzar?
1: If it's eight games into the season, if it's later mm-hmm.
0: on in the season. Best chance for a start, I think, is Claypool. If it's just probably hey, your obvious choice, I was trying to go out on a limb. Oh, okay, all right. Um, da, da, da. Oh my gosh, this live chat is just bouncing all over the place. Can I
1: bring up one? Yeah, go for it, Jeffrey Benedict. Well, everyone's calling James <laughs> Washington Grandpa. That was great. <laughs> I that that's in reference to the interview today. The Grandpa strength. He says right. he's got. He, he says he's he's got country strength, and then at the end he said Grandpa strength.
0: I liked it. <laughs> Now Ezra has a great question. which player would you rather play a full season Connor or to that's a that's a good question to it. I'm going
1: to it because I think the Steelers have more options at running back than they do on the defensive
0: line for sure. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Now there's a question that was put in here I, here we go. Um, Donald Nolan. This is maybe one for you, Dave, for an article maybe this weekend. I saw that. Yeah. How many of them? How many, many teams have new head coaches that the Steelers play this year? But we know the Giants do. Yes. Joe Giants Judge do. and um, the, and the
2: Washington football team and yep, news about him today with yes, health. Ron Rivera. True.
0: Prayers I, go out to him. Oh, I didn't hear that. He has a type of lymphatic cancer, mm. but they said it's early on and treatable. But that's scary stuff, nonetheless. Um. Is there anyone else? I, I, mean, I mean, everyone, everyone else. Well, oh, no, the, the Cowboys. The Browns. Cowboys. McCarthy. Mike, and, Mike McCarthy in, and in Dallas. Stefanski. What is it? It's Kevin Stefanski? I can't yep. Pronounce his in name. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. And so, then they're matched up. That happened so
1: long ago, I almost forget that they haven't played any games since he was hired.
0: Then they're matched up with the AFC South. South. So you're talking it's Jacksonville, Houston. no. Houston, no. Tennessee, no. And Indy now. Indy now. That might be it. And the
2: Eagles are. Uh, the Eagles keep their coach. And uh, and who am I missing in the uh, NFC uh, East? NFC East, because Washington yeah, you, has a new coach. Dallas has a new coach. And Giants uh, has a. The Giants. The Giants have a new coach. So yeah, there's three yeah, three coaches there.
0: Yeah. Hey, there you go. Good Interesting show. stat. Good show, guys. Yeah, Joe. Glad that Wang Hammer could join us and <laughs> get back to the, uh, the three amigos and all that good stuff. So, uh, guys, anything for the good of the order for we call it a show?
1: <laughs> Make sure you're checking out behind the steelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots of training camp coverage. Make sure you're coming in. And
2: Brian, for now, I'm getting a haircut, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brian, as the PP, do you want to say anything?
2: Hey, no, thank you. And, I, uh, you know, keep on downloading and uh, keep on being our Steeler family. Thank you.
0: He's not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. All right, we will see you next week for another episode of the Steelers preview. One week closer, one week closer to real football. Can't wait. Take it easy, everyone. See ya.